Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their rabbit magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend whose uncle lost some money and a guy who sees shit. <laughs> Weak. Alex Dandino. How fucking dare you? I thought you were going to go with... I was going to say a legless capitalist monster. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with guy who won't stop giving out his business card. Something like that. All right. Fair enough. Every, <laughs> all right. So we're already bickering. It's the first day of December. We're already bickering in front of the children. No, that's not... Uh, guys, we are here today for a very exciting double feature picked by one of our patrons. Uh, over on patreon.com slash Pod. the best way to support the show... An amazing way to make your voice heard, like Taryn Conway, uh, our very dear friend. She has been supporting the show since the very start. We love Taryn very much, and we even like Sam, who she's engaged to. He's not bad either. He's but great. But Taryn came up with the idea for the Jimmy Stewart double feature. So today we'll be talking about It's a Wonderful Life, but first we're talking about Harvey. But before that, a little business. Again, you heard it here. Patreon.com slash Pod, Guys, please go over there and support the show if you can. It means the world to us. We do a lot to try to make it worth your while. You get to pick the movies for Patreon exclusives. We got commentaries. We got our Tales from the Crypt miniseries that's running out. We got all kinds of stuff over there for you. Uh, so for those of you who already support us, thank you. For those of you who are about to, thank you as well. The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on, so hit us. Well, for now, we don't know what's happening. Twitter might already be... Uh, living in Pottersville, an alternate dead reality. Might be living. Might stuff. be in Hive. Who knows? I started Hive, and it made me want to not have a cell phone anymore. Correct. E neither here nor there. Correct response. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the YouTube Film Alchemist, and uh, make sure you leave those ratings and reviews wherever you find us. All right, you aren't here for business. You get enough capitalism at the start of December. I'm just magic. saying, if you wanted to give us the Celtic a gift, mythology, yeah, if you wanted to give us a gift, Patreon.com/slash/FilmAlchemist. <laughs> Ah, dumb Deloise style. Because we're money-grubbing potters. That's what we are at our very core. Um, but no, so today we're starting. I love the idea of this because Jimmy Stewart is just one of those monolithic actors, right? Like, he he just carved his own lane. He's so instantly recognizable from the voice, the, the you know, look. He was a wonderful, wonderful actor. And these are two of my favorite Jimmy Stewart movies. Um, it's a Wonderful Life has a very you know, emotionally poignant uh, tale, right, for a lot of audience members. This one specifically is really fun to me because my wife, I told you, she might have only bought one DVD her entire life, and she had to go out to the store the day they released the uh, super edition of Harvey. Uh, my wife Weird. loves this movie. My wife is very much like uh, Jimmy Stewart in this movie. She kind of walks around, you know, being pleasant. Uh, <laughs> she's a little whimsical. Not shots fired. That's a nice thing to say. Oh, that's a beautiful um, thing to say. <laughs> but yeah, so Elwood and Amy just walking around, <laughs> fucking creeping out normal rich whites. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny because Harvey, it's amazing that the gag can go on as long as it does. Mm -hmm. and, and it just drags you along enough. And then every time you feel like you're slowing down, you get this amazing pause with you where you just get to spend time with Jimmy Stewart. And it feels like he's kind of working his elbows in there. Like he's adding extra lines, right? To make it a little more Jimmy Stewart. And it's that alone is just worth the ride for me. So Alex, opening thoughts on Harvey. I got to tell you, I do not remember. I, I read the I read the play. I don't mm -hmm. think I ever saw the movie. 
Don't know why. Just like skipped it. I have no idea why. And You're not so, a man's a man of whimsy. Shut up. You like hardcore gritty shit. Are you done? Anyways, <laughs> I uh, you like draft day, real movies. <laughs> I've said I've said every chance I've got. That's one of the finest science fiction films in the history. Of- <laughs> so no, I do not like movies that are real. <laughs> um, no, Harvey is really interesting and. It's funny that you brought up, because I thought the same thing, like, the reason this movie works, the only reason it works, because, again, like, when you see it in a play setting, it's very different, like, I'm sure, like, that takes a very specific actor. In a movie, I think, very quickly, the tendency when we're making movies is to just, you want to you wanna know, what is it real or not? Like, and there's, I mean... Should we do a spoiler alert for a hundred years ago? <laughs> in the hands of a lesser, in the hands of lesser directors, I'd say, or you know, like we, they would just give up the ghost and like do some CGI shit or something like that, which is bad. Like this isn't like a Drop Dead Fred type. They didn't have that option back then. But it's not even like it's not like it's not even a Donnie Darko or Drop Dead Fred type deal. Like what it literally is is a man who's addressing somebody who's not on screen and that lives and breathes a six foot three and a half rabbit not even a person it lives and breathes on jimmy stewart's performance because it's jimmy stewart like this is 1950 so he's capra's guy like he's now done like 1939 was uh, mr smith goes to washington he's super young and then he's done it's a wonderful life in 1946 so mm-hmm. he's he's like he's jimmy stewart he's affable friendly jimmy stewart and i think that that's why harvey works so well and why the performance and the movie itself is so endearing in a lot of ways is because jimmy stewart is just it's not even about selling it it's that jimmy stewart just lives and breathes in this moment it's very fascinating yeah well it's kind of funny spoilers alert spoiler alerts if you haven't seen harvey yet it's actually kind of a a brilliant case study in why Jimmy Stewart is the key of the movie. Yes. I actually think the movie falls apart as soon as we realize Harvey's a real creature. <laughs> right? The moment that... Sure. And I guess you could still say that there are other people just buying into his delusions. But we see actual physical manifestations, right? Harvey starts conjuring around the asylum and whatever. Right. I think the moment you see that, that movie stops for me completely. And I have no more interest in it for the last 10 minutes or so. Because they kind of give it away a little earlier, but you you can pan that one off, right? Again, the, the moment it stops being... Because there, there's a way to watch this movie, right? Where this is the, the next stage of George Bailey's life. Where he's like, fuck, dude, I just got ghosted by God himself, right? I tried to be smart. I tried to be good. Inside, I was like, I should just be pleasant, man. Let me suggest being pleasant. And... He just walks around and says, fuck it, dude. This is all crazy, right? And so it's him talking to another Clarence-like guy, but not being a morbid bitch, right? Just being like, I'm just going to fucking skate around town getting hammered, (laughs) talking to everyone like I'm Oprah, and they're the most interesting person in the world. And it seems like a not bad life. (laughs) I mean, he seems unencumbered, unlike the rest of us. Well, it is one thing. His mother died and left him seemingly an endless estate. Yes. To where he can just take fucking drink meetings from sun up till sundown every day. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> yes, that's certainly a certainly an advantage of the idle rich. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. But this is what I'm saying, right? The part of the movie where it's just Jimmy Stewart saying, "You know what? 
I've been outsmarting everyone. I've been doing this. I just want to walk around and rub it in these people's faces, right? Because especially the first thing we see is his sister and his niece who are just horrid, horrid people. <laughs> just fucking the trash of the trash. And I'm assuming that's a cultural thing from back then, right? You think they're terrible and then you meet Dr. Sanderson, but we'll get there. Right. There's there's plenty to go around. But I like the idea that Jimmy Stewart's like, you know what? What if I just pause my fucking day to day, the same ass commuting shit, and I just go in on these people and I just start fucking throwing it in their faces? Because how did a fucking Irish fairy deity a puka. make its way to wherever the fuck this is, right? That sounds like something a really smart guy read in one of his many books and weaponized against the fucking dopes he's surrounded by, right? I don't know. I think it's better if it's just Emmy Stewart rubbing it in everyone's face. Do you agree? I mean, yes. I don't see... Like, I, I. Here's my thing. I don't see the harm either way. Like... Right. If it's Jimmy Stewart rubbing it in everyone's face, you're like, all right, well, it's somebody who clearly has the advantage over all of us telling us to be better people. I'm like, great, whatever. Like, <laughs> that's one of those, like, lessons you're like, yeah. cool, thank you, Elon Musk, move on. Like, that's, like, sort of How like fucking dare you? But that's what, you know. It's, Elwood it's, nor Harvey are as fucking stanky as Musk. There's no, no fucking. N- certainly not as musky, no. But, like, but you get my yeah. point, like. It is He's just revealed himself to be like one of the all-time cunts. I'm sorry True. for saying the c word, but it's but like, like the moment that guy came out, it's like that guy was like a Harvey who got unveiled and he was like a little golem jerking yeah. off in your salad. And you're like, what the fuck? That's neither here nor there. We don't need to talk. But, about. but what? But what I'm saying is, and again, I'm only using the parlance of our time because he's the rich, <laughs> he's the he's the rich guy off the top of my head. But like the way I would describe it is like True. if you decide that it's jimmy stewart just walking around kind of flaunting it in everyone's face yeah it loses i get it it loses a little bit of charm and it becomes kind of like dickish in a little in a, okay. in a lot of ways so to your point there's not a lot of like great idle billionaire guys to worship sure. right now i'm right? not saying there's what not. i'm saying is though the fact that he just takes it he's like i'm so sick of these fucking fancy pants girl club dinners where we got to pretend that fucking dumb lady can sing and we got to put on airs, and I got to hang out with stuffed shirts all day. Sure. And he just goes, I'm going to pretend I see a fucking rabbit. And I'm going to invite cab drivers and guys who are in jail and all these people over and just watch the others squirm. There's something about that that is great. And then to everyone else, right? He's making the cabbie feel like he's sure. better off. He's if you're looking at it great. as a social experiment, then it can work. I think that's more fun. Sure. That makes sense. And I like that idea too. Like there is, there's an element to that that's whimsical in the way that right. like Arthur's not whimsical. You know what I mean? Right. Like exactly. It's, right. It's Cause at the vibe. end they kind of settle on this peach dragon thing. Right. And that's, and you're like, that's fine too. Okay, like it's cool. a, it's a great journey. Right. If you decide to ascribe to the idea. Not. And I want I wonder what Amy thought. I, does it, did Amy say what she thinks? Does Amy think it's like, she loves this movie unabashedly. Sees no faults in it. Anyway, okay. she loves so everything. Amy's about totally it. fine with admitting that yeah. like Harvey's essentially I mean, a, a time lord. This is such a class. Yeah. Go- <laughs> Harvey's powers are fucking horrifying. Yeah. So Harvey. Because this is can- the other thing. How do we know Harvey didn't fucking pause the clock and then run the fucking old aunt or the old sister through all that? He ripped my clothes off. At one point, the orderly says, "I'll sit on her and you fucking strip her down." There yeah. are whores everywhere Not in this okay. place. And Harvey's the one fucking putting him in this. That fight. sanitarium is terrifying. That is like. I know she tried to commit Elwood, so we don't feel bad for her. 
you think about like but as she far got, as like mental hospitals and as far as like mental hospitals and and like uh in pop culture it's like this and arkham asylum are the two worst places i think i could think of I don't even know, Cuckoo, Arkham Asylum, those even, people are always sitting in their fucking cells at least, like, nest doing their hobbies. <laughs> yeah, no, in Arkham Asylum, they still get to do their hobbies and shit. They get to right? sit there and do their thing. Yeah. This one is literally, like... In this like, one, you get fucking weird get ginger maniac just, just fucking throwing powder. <laughs> it looks like when Farva is getting deloused. <laughs> but just with, like, Powdered sad old sugar. people. It's delicious. Yeah, it's delicious, sir. No. <laughs> but that's it. So this is the impetus of the story is that this lady who is fucking leeching off the teat of her big brother, who's leeching off the ghost of his dead mother, uh, can't hitch her daughter to a society person, right? Right. And he's so embarrassing. The moment he says he sees a giant rabbit who's his friend, despite him being perfectly pleasant and affable, they run out of the house in horror. And she goes, this is ridiculous. My daughter can't get a husband. I'm going to commit him to an asylum. Which, again, legally dubious, but the times were different back then, perhaps. I have to say, his sister might be among the biggest piece of shit of any character she's we've ever covered despi- on this podcast. She's pretty despicable. That is a fucking insane place to start Act 2 of this movie. No pun she's, intended. She's pretty despicable. Only then outdone by the doctor who like has apparently no conceit for due diligence or understanding of anything <laughs> Like, right, but since we know that Harvey's the fucking Time too, Lord, that <laughs> Harvey probably puppet mastered that guy into that, lousing her. That conversation between the two of them, I'm just like, these two garbage people are just deciding on their garbage plan. Like, yeah. whatever is happening yeah. right now is terrible. And like, she's so unbearably shitty. Yeah. Well, it's like it's 1950, so the gag is you know what the gag is like we all know where it's going i I think this is something that i think is really this is something i like a lot about the movie is it is until the end obviously it does labor under the assumption that you don't know like right i agree like well because she starts cracking right she even does that um she does that thing with the doctor where she's like let me explain to you the difference between a picture and a painting, right? right. The painting lets us capture what we wish was a, a mechanical thing, only captures... Like, not understanding the fucking irony of what she's saying, that she wants to fucking take away the painting from Jimmy Stewart right. and leave but the fucking mechanics, right? Right. So she even fucking gets it. But if you look at this as the talented Mr. Harvey, that's <laughs> awesome. Right? He's literally driving these people fucking insane. <laughs> Trying to be like, how can this guy be happy when all of us are so fucking miserable? Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, that is, like, that is what makes Jimmy Stewart's performance that much more charming is he is just, like, he's just trying to be nice. He's, he's just being nice to everyone. I do okay. like it as kind of a troll. I like that a lot, actually. But, see, that's what I mean, though. Because Harvey, they say specifically yeah. Harvey is a mischievous entity. Right? Everybody so else Harvey does. finds this guy who says, I've got nothing but time to just drink and mix it up. And the entity goes, fuck yeah, let's roll. <laughs> so well, like, I think there you by nature have to assume that something about Jimmy Stewart. And that, again, I am almost a thousand percent willing to admit. I'm assuming that is not what Frank Capra was going for. That's he was Frank going Capra. for the just. Who, who is it? What did I say? Sorry, Henry Coster is the director. Jesus Christ. All right, neither. Frank Capra did It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life. My bad. Yeah. 
what I'm saying is, I'm assuming this was not, this was supposed to be about one of those slow down and smell the roses kind of movies, right? What I'm saying is, looking back on it, it reads so nefarious, right? Maybe because we've had decades since of these <laughs> think, fucking evil plotting ruses. I think we've had... This feels like two malicious entities trying to tear them down. I think we've had so much cynicism pumped into our daily yes. life watching this is very difficult to watch it's very difficult to watch this movie in earnest because like i thought that even about it's a wonderful life like i thought I that too. so like, fucking cynical with movies it's a wonderful life is a whole other thing like and again right the 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 <laughs> what's beautiful what's beautiful well here there's the difference like for me what's beautiful about it's a wonderful life is it is this story about coming to the terms with the fact that you know you do love your life your life is where your life is in fact wonderful and you know it's grass is always greener, that kind of thing. Appreciate what you have. Like there are these wonderful, there are all these wonderful general notes about life to have from it's mm -hmm. a wonderful life, which is why it's fun to poke holes in it. Mm -hmm. Harvey is about literally like how terrible is your life that you have to just flat out escape it by mm -hmm. fucking with everybody nonstop. And it's just saying like, Oh yeah, there's a rabbit right behind me. So, um, you know, right. Like the the lesson to le the lesson to learn in Harvey is much less about much less than that's a wonderful life lesson to learn. <laughs> I mean, maybe both are supernatural, mischievous bitches. <laughs> truth, truth. That, there's this moment though, right? Because like they go to find him at a bar, right? So now they're like, she's gonna sue us, so we're gonna recommit everyone in the family. And they find him at a bar, and he looks like he's trying to escape, right? Because he's got them dancing. Mm-hmm. In this moment when they find him in the alley, I'm like, this is the best scene in the movie by Absolutely. Mile, right? Beautiful. It's like scene. Jimmy Stewart's what feels like five minutes of monologue. A famous a famous scene. This is like a like AFI's yeah. hundred hundred most quotable moments. Oh my god, it's fucking beautiful, right? Cause he talks about they're like, what do you do? Cause he's like, I'm so busy. I'm like, what do you fucking do besides drink all day? And he said that him and Harvey show up at the bar. I wrote some of it down, right? that they meet these people and they talk to them. And he goes, uh, Harvey and I warm ourselves in these golden moments. Uh, we enter as strangers and become friends. And then this is the line. I was like, that's one of the greatest lines committed to movie. Nobody ever brings anything small into a bar. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. And then he's like, I introduced him to the Harvey. And then it gets weird, right? He's like, then they get jealous and Harvey's bigger than their things. I'm like, well, that's, that's a weird flex of a fucking psychopath. It feels, but let's pretend he's not a psychopath. Right. Right. And then he talks about how one day he's just out, like, putting his fucking drunk friend, you yeah. know, in a cab. And he sees this guy leaning there. And the psychiatrist is just trying to get him to say that Harvey is this fucking fragmented amalgam of someone he lost in the past. Right. Right. And he goes, no, none of that. I don't know a Harvey. And he just like, it's always my favorite name. And the rabbit goes, what a coincidence. That's my name. Right. And it's just this. It's this fucking wonderful, mm -hmm. just long monologue where Jimmy Stewart's just really fucking taking you on a journey. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just great. But I, I love that idea of this guy who just, he, he has, that's what, what is so great about this. He puts off this very warm aura in the film, right? Even though he might be a psycho, but he's very, I love that though. idea. Right. It just, it, it reminds me of that line in uh, Peter Capaldi's finale of Dr. Who, right? Another famous mischievous time lord. And he um, he said, in all of my 900 years of existence, I never met a small or worthless person. Something like that, right? That essentially every life is a tale worth telling and listening to. And I, I loved that sentiment of it. 
totally i thought that was cool right that there's this guy who has all of this fucking resource and this and that and he does he goes out and just finds people that need an ear and a smile and sometimes a rabbit ear and i thought i thought that was a really cool selling point of the movie to me well yeah i mean it's this beautiful notion of i like the idea that harvey because there is this like this is like the drop dead fred thing like (laughs) not again like i'm just using a reference that i think will work for everyone (laughs) but like to me what i like about you don't think our audience is high-minded and harveying it's like you're more drop dead fred people i mean i'm a drop dead fred which to be fair i am as well but (laughs) um but like the idea is that harvey comes to you when you're in need in some way like yeah but what's interesting is because i thought about that because that was always my perception of what harvey was based on what like i had read those kinds of things watching the movie today though and realizing what Jimmy Stewart's life was, I was like, what does Jimmy Stewart actually need? I'm like, maybe this is what it is, is Elwood, Elwood, Elwood's life is, yes, charmed. He's mm-hmm. obviously a rich playboy. He can kind of do whatever he wants. I think what he wants is real friends, like somebody who is the truest friend, like the truest person to his life. And I think that that's yeah. something he can't even find in family. And his sister is, you know, his sister doesn't help. His sister doesn't help. So I think in the pursuit of what's real and the, the irony being the pursuit of what's real leads Elwood to Harvey, I guess. And right. Because Harvey's willing to Harvey again, psychologically, I think if you're willing to lend a hand to your drinking buddy and say, Oh, that person needs to get in a cab. You're, you're low you, like that's the that's the aspect of you that's very lonely like i yeah. know that this is going to hurt him so i have to put him somewhere safe and where and then what do i do it's a really yeah it's really well, there's a non-mischievous dance. way to look at it right like if you if you aren't cynical yes. you look at it as the reason that people label harvey as mischievous right or yeah. these spirits right these pukas or whatever is because they are telling people it's okay to fucking break from the norm right it's okay to just walk around and, and act in a way that is different to these people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his his sister wants him committed because he's acting so strange. Right. But when the people in the asylum see the two, they're like, you're the one who seems like the yeah, troublemaker, not She seems not erratic him. and crazy. Right, because and... he's just calm and nice. Again, like you say, he's like, my mom always told me Elwood. She always called me Elwood. I love that touch, right? That felt like a Jimmy Stewart. She always called me Elwood. Right? She always called me Elwood, yeah. And she said in this world... You must be oh so smart or oh so pleasant. For years I was smart. I recommend pleasant. And the fact that he made that turn in the position he was in life is considered a man losing his marbles. He's mischievous. Right. Because he's not falling in line. He doesn't want to be on the board of the fucking water club or whatever the fuck she said. <laughs> and there's a way to look at it at the time, you know, as you see this, you know, boom and bust and the country had been through a fucking depression and a war and all this shit. Two wars, actually, at that point. Yeah. Um, that there is this, you know, maybe we just need to fucking all be a little bit nicer to everyone. And right. it's an evergreen kind of message that you, you even watching it today, you're like, fuck, we could use a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, no, I thought the same Elwood thing. across like, the board. <laughs> right. And like, I, when, you, when I think about it, too, and that was the harder part. I think this is the harder thing to come to grips with Elwood's character because... You know, later on in the movie, obviously, like, 
with the what is it formula something like whatever Nine, the formula seven yeah yeah whatever the formula is that literally like you know flowers for algernon's him it's like one of those things where you're like all right well what good is a normal person though i think that's like the really fascinating okay, thing is like, i wrote that line down too right the cabbie said for some reason the people just put their relatives in this cab to go get fucking it's awesome dehumanized or whatever <laughs> Yeah, and he yeah. says something, right? He's like, I've been doing this for 15 years. Like, it changes them, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're all nice and this after that. And then he's, what did he say? A perfectly normal after human this, being. He will be a perfectly you know normal. Stinkers they are. Yeah, and you know what stinkers they are. And I just went, fuck, yeah. That I, is absolutely where I'm at. Like, that. Yeah, that is a great, great way to look at the it's film It's a great as way well. to see it. it even since his evil bitch of a sister banging on the door like, no, God, no, yeah. don't make him a normal because like me. That whimsy, I think that's the thing is like, yeah. it's not child, like, childlike is so, childlike is not the way to put it to me, because like. I feel like people use that as kind of a passive insult. I think so too, I agree, that's right. why I would never <laughs> want to put it that way, because that's not yeah. what this is, like, childlike, it, like, you know, we both have children, <laughs> like, my kid's right. perception of what they're doing, like, my kid was a fucking nightmare tonight, and he ran around screaming, and like. Just, but like at the end of the day, what he wasn't doing was anything malicious. Like he was doing it because he had a lot of energy and he wanted to show everybody what he was doing. Like what this is, is an adult hanging on to any sort of whimsy left in the world. That's what this is. That's what that is. Right. It's not, I want to revert to Ch- being a child yes. and like childlike that- whimsy is inherently unexamined. Yes. There's something different about an older person saying, I am going to fight every fucking day and be Tooth insulted and, and whatever. To stay To just happy. be happy and spread <laughs> happiness in the world. Yeah. yeah. This guy is trying so hard to just enjoy himself and not hurt anyone that his sister wanted to fucking commit him. That's wild. But that's... But that's like, fucking wild. And you think about 1950, we're out of, the, we're out of World War II... We're far enough. In, I think like what nineteen was nineteen forty six was when it was. I, I don't remember, but like, I don't know shit about history except for ancient aliens. Well, there you go. <laughs> I know a lot about that. But if you're but like we're far <laughs> enough out at that point though, where the whimsy that you need to continue, like we've all seen, like at that point the country had seen terrible things. Mm-hmm. We all had to come to grips with it. So like, right? I think at that point, like it's almost a metaphor for. It's almost a metaphor for America in general is just like we have to hang on to this last bit of hope, essentially. It's not hope is a great way to put it. I would say hope is the adult version of whimsy. Like you and I write, we do these, we do a podcast, like we do these things that make us feel good and give us the sense that we're moving forward in any sort of progress, like creatively, which sometimes is very hard to hold on to. And like, I think that that, I think hope in the face of like every adult instinct you have to like throw all your gear away and just sit down and do your job right? and then go home and do your job and go home. You've had this friend with me too, right? We all have these people in our lives where it's like, Hey, do you want to hang out? Yeah. And they show up and all they do is bitch and bitch and bitch. Yeah. And Oh, this is wrong with me and I can't fucking help it. And this is that. And you're like, you want to like, hey, take a breath and like, what if you tried this or this? And they're like, fuck you. Like, you don't understand. It's like, all yeah. right, man. Jesus Christ. Like, we all have that one person that's because yeah, that's what I mean. Everyone has bad days. We use each other as sounding boards when it's rough. Right. By the way, I've been that person. 
Like, it's an easy thing to slip into. No, and but then, usually you text me and I'm like, it'll be all right. We'll figure it out. Yeah, blah, but blah, see, blah. like, but that's what it is. Is like, But you actively take steps to try to better your scenario, right? And so I understand being that. But what it is is Jimmy Stewart's looking around and it's like just these people. And it's when you don't have that, it's not even because hope is one way. The other way I would think of it, right, is it's I am just going to fucking enjoy this day no matter what. Like at the start when the mailman's like, what a nice day. Right. Every day is a nice day. That's a fucking mind. That's a mindset, right? My wife is like that, right? She has bad days like the rest of us. But even if she has a bad day, right, where I have it and I'd be like, day's over. Fuck it. I'll start yeah. tomorrow. Oh, no. She just Amy, fucking deals with it and moves Amy's on. sunny disposition, that is hard. That my is wife is, like. if you ever want to know what it's like to spend a day with my wife, it's Watch this Elwood without the drinking. Yeah. Like, that is pretty much exactly she what is, it feels like, I bet. Per, she is perennially happy. Right, and I am perennially cloudy and cynical, right? So it's a nice lesson for me because I'll catch myself just fucking unleashing. And I see her, and she's just like Elwood, right, where she's like, I will listen and give you what you need to get off your chest. But it always ends in that, but we got to take steps, right? And I think especially at this time in the world, right, when it's like you had seen real monsters and the fucking Great Depression and shit. It probably rang to all those audiences where they're just like, leave this fucking guy alone. <laughs> leave this fucking guy alone, dude. I mean, right? we just got out of the Hoovervilles and now you're putting this guy away for being I mean, a to nice me, dude. But like, that's, I think what's interesting in the correlation to watch it now is we're right there again. Like we're at the same right. aspect in history where we're just like, we see like, not just, you know what I mean? Oh, like, dude, we've seen horrors since we were you know but not even that right like we've had a lot of traumatic shit go to any fucking tiktok instagram whatever look at a young kid who's having a fucking blast creating whatever the fuck they're just reaching out into the world having a good time you go to the comments and there's so many people so many people just want to fucking hate it it's like why are you just fucking shitting on this person who's just trying to fucking make their day better and it's Uh, everywhere i mean i think in that that i think is what makes harvey so special right is that again and whether whatever your whatever you whatever philosophy of what harvey is you ascribe to the important thing about I mean, the do movie, i think in that big ass house he has a big ass skin basement yes oh yeah yes. there's for sure a donnie darko like <laughs> harvey just sitting yeah. in the basement there's definitely a time when jimmy stewart with that fucking robe that she brought it's like would you fuck me harvey would you fuck me <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Why do you think that the niece can't get any husbands, right? Because he's making fucking Harvey suits. Out of, he's taking their tits and folding them up to be his little rabbit ears. Yeah. Did you fuck me, Harvey? Abs- you fuck me? Absolutely. Just rabbit fucking too. So it's like that MacGruber cemetery. <laughs> but I don't know how I, we got there, but but I think ultimately what Harvey is for. A did modern, you derail our inspirational stuff, or did I? I never do. It's normally how fucking dare throwing bombs. <laughs> Uh, but, <laughs> now all I it's can good. think about is Jimmy Stewart doing the "Would you fuck me?" Would you fuck? <laughs> let me see he would have been the best Buffalo Bill. Would Jimmy Stewart not have been the best Buffalo Bill? Would you fuck? Oh, me? Wow, was she a great? Oh, big would you fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me hard. <laughs> I'd shoot down through your toes. <laughs> oh, girls. All right. Anyways inspirational shit go (laughs) the inspirational is fun i don't know that was a really good tangent though um no i think ultimately (laughs) i think for me when you watch harvey through a modern context 
that is like we need more harveys in the world there needs to be more pukas following people around and people need to be able to acknowledge them but see in this day and age he would be an influencer right like imagine how nuts we all went and how happy we all were for one day when that fucking guy skateboarded to fleetwood mac and drank juice we're like, look at that fucking guy having Some a great morning. Just, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it, like I don't know what your Harvey is, but right. like, there is a level to it that it's aspirational. Yeah. Like, my like, Harvey looks like me, and he's so mean to me all the time. Yeah. My Harvey. See, I have is, the evil Harvey. I need. I need a good Harvey. I have a like, Donnie. Stop I, bitching. I have a Frank from Donnie Darko. Like, I have a. I have a Donnie yeah. Darko Harvey. Like nobody's. Mine nobody, looks probably exactly like me, and just everything I do, it's like. And I, I just mine's, hear it and <laughs> mine's like a cynical, like it sort of functions the way Wilfred did that show with Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah, man. But I, I just watched it and it's just, again, I don't like the ending where we realize Harvey's real, but I also was mad as shit when Harvey's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave you. Yeah. It made me sad. Cause but- he's this being that's been around forever and he's moved on before. Yeah. And to your point, right? He found Elwood when he needed him. And then he went to the doctor when he came back, it was nice, though. Just seeing way, Jimmy Stewart walk down the road with his arm around the yeah. invisible. I mean, it's great. It's a I'm, wonderful fucking I'm gonna say heartwarming that, journey. I'm going to say this for Dr. Chumley. Dr. Chumley, there's myriad better things to do than two weeks in Akron. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think Harvey took him to the fuck shack. You, oh, you think Harvey took him to the sugar shack? I think Harvey, <laughs> I think Harvey fucking Because this thing, when he shows up to that asylum, he's running in fear. Harvey he goes, him to, it's chasing me. Harvey took right? him to his rabbit hole. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then all of a sudden, he's like, where on this tired old earth did you find this thing? I love it. Stay with me, daddy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. So he was scared, but now he's turned on. Harvey gets out of there fast, dude. So he stopped <laughs> that clock, and I think he just fucking pulverized that doctor <laughs> mentally, however he needed to. I think that doctor was fucking rubble by the it's, end of it. It's also they said at the bar the doctor's going over and trying to fuck some lady he used to know. So I think Harvey's like, that's it. This guy's this guy's out. He's this like, guy's a monster. I can't help him anymore. Yeah. Hey, oh, wait, what is that? He gets on the bus, he's like, wait, that doesn't say Akron. And Harvey pulls a little lever in the little fucking city thing, pound town. He's like, no. no. <laughs> I think that's what happens. I, Myself. Again, I love I He gets I, out I, of that I, house with a quickness. I enjoyed watching this movie a lot though. And it is, it's, there's yeah. a level of it that's very inspirational in a lot of ways. As much as we fuck around and are taking the piss out of it, it's re- it's refreshing to watch a movie that is just unabashedly joyous, right? There are very few movies today that there's not some kind of cynical fucking touch. I mean, that is the essence of like Capra. It. Capra-esque. Capra-esque. Not Capra, but. This isn't yeah, Capra, just, but it is Capra-esque. It was just a delightful ride, man. And just watching Jimmy Stewart just fully fucking take this thing and run with it. Agreed. Um, I think it's an awesome movie. It's a real pick-me-up kind of thing, uh, which I enjoyed. It's a Wonderful Life is the opposite, right? From Harvey Heaven to fucking Bedford Hill. Uh, up next, yeah. It's a Wonderful Life, question mark? Uh, that's the second part of For our double who? feature. So... <laughs> warning alex and i have had a lot of talks about it's a wonderful life we have a wee bit of a different perspective on this film. <laughs> we also love it 
Look, it is it's one of the greatest movies of, ever made. It is one of the most but. beautiful films. I have a lot of fond memories watching it with my family. However, warning, prepare yourself. We got a lots. We got lots to talk. <laughs> Stuff to unpack. <laughs> yeah, you'll catch us at a brothel in Pottersville drinking with Harvey. That's where you'll find us on the second half of this double feature. So God, again, no, guys, I want that fan art. Yeah, thank you so much uh, to Taryn. We love you very much. You know that. Thank you for your support. Uh, if you want to support the show and maybe hear some stuff that you want uh, specifically, go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Uh, the email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube, filmalchemist. Uh, make sure you leave those five-star ratings and reviews and find us on whatever social media survives the purge. We'll be there. Like your mischievous drinking buddy, you'll find us there. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Grippy. And I'm Alex, the white rap. Alex. Uh, Alex, who fucks skins in the basement. And we'll see you right now for It's a Wonderful Life. Bye.